Photographers and welcome to Wedding Photographers Unite, episode number twenty-nine. I'm one of your hosts, Andy Buscemi, in good company with the mythical legend himself, Mr. Neil Urban. Neil, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, Neil, what have you been up to recently since our last episode here? What's been going on with you? I've been working my butt off lately. Uh, now that I have faster computers at my uh, at my disposal, I've been taking advantage of them. Um, pretty much all of our clients from 2015 are just about finished. Um, everybody has their final product, which is uh, probably the most incredible feeling that I've felt in about five years. I don't, I don't think I've ever been caught up before. Uh, as to where I have nothing on the list. Um, I just look at the list every day. I'm like, wow, I have nothing else to do. This is this is amazing. What am I going to do with my life? But then then I think about of my my year end goals of what I have to work for 2016 mm-hmm. and and what I have to start doing. Um, and then there's these little little projects that come along as well. Um, but yeah, you know, I was I was just working around the clock. And I was. Um, you know, working it up until 5 a.m. and just working, working, working. So it, it just feels good to actually get everything done. And um, I'm ready for the new year. So how about yourself? Yeah, I'm in the same same kind of spot. Um, and I actually just caught up with all of my editing, like literally all of it, um, like a like a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm totally caught up in editing and just and I used to usually in my little cabinet when I come home from shoots, I keep all my cards there. And every time I look at those cards, like throughout the wedding season, if I see 10 sets of cards, that means I have 10 weddings to edit or, you know, or 10 shoots to edit. And uh-huh. now I look at it and there's just, it's just blank. There's nothing there. And it's amazing because now I feel like I can shoot whatever I want to and not feel like I have to edit it. You know, like you know, it's going right. to, so I just, just, it's just nice to have that clean slate. And, and on that note with the clean slate, I finally just got my 2015 year in review up on my website. That's kind of been like, I've been talking about in previous episodes, um, where I don't do blogging throughout the year, but I figure at least one time a year, <laughs> just one, yeah, I'll, one time, one a, time year. a year, I'll get, I'll do something. And that that's, that's what I did. So that my 2015 year in review is on my website there. And, and other things like that, you know, now that I can focus on, not editing, you know, and being caught up now, all those other little business things come into play. So, um, I got new business cards going. Uh, if you remember, we had Jim Cavanaugh recently on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got my images, my 2015 portfolio images registered with the copyright office. That's at least how I do it. Um, Mm -hmm. where I don't register everything from every wedding I shot. I just register the, the port, my portfolio images. Um, so that way, um, they're registered with the copyright office in case there was any problem. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, the other thing that's happening right now is, um, I'm updating my portfolio on my website out with the old Mm -hmm. and in with the new, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, what's driving me nuts right now, just absolutely nuts listeners. If you can help me, please help me, please help me find a WordPress, WordPress plugin that allows me to just upload my portfolio and have it decide when it's a vertical image so that it stays the same <laughs> pixel dimensions when I when I you know for a slider like gallery it's driving me absolutely crazy that like some really good gallery plugins they look great and everything like that but if you want the dimensions to line up so that the vertical images don't make the website 10 times longer than it should be it it just drives me nuts that there isn't like a quality 
a WordPress plugin that just does it for me. Like I have to go in and select each image and, and you know, it just, it's, it's too much anyway. Um, hmm. so yeah, having some, having some issues uh, with the portfolio update. It's, uh, um, so listeners, if you know of any good WordPress plugins uh, for portfolios, uh, with a slider view that I'm looking for, let me know, man. Uh, and then, um, and then uh, I've got I'm doing taxes tomorrow, you know. So uh, fun, yeah, man. Yay. So that's what we we do all year. Make sure you know um, I got all my 1099s in. If, you know, listeners, mm-hmm. if you have second shooters um, that you know shoot with you, make sure your 1099s in, in, which really should right. be in. I think you have until like the 15th or something like that of of uh, February to get those in. Um, and then I've got taxes tomorrow. So actually, no, I'm sorry, taxes on Wednesday, but that means on Tuesday all day I go through and I go through everything of course you know because yeah it's, it's fun it's, it's a party it's a party at Bushami <laughs> photography you know um, so yeah that's what i've been up to and then the other thing uh, is just i finally for the first time submitted images for wppi's 16 by 20 competition so um mm-hmm. and neil you've been doing that for a while and and that's been your your bread and butter for a while and you do you always do very well at that and and i'm kind of seeing what it's all about now it's very cool um, yeah, I, I started back in 2011 with it. Um, I, I had a really good year in 2010, and uh, I was just I was up and coming at that time. Um, I was still the new guy on the block, and I, I just want to see where I stood in in worldwide competitions. Um, I, I made an appointment to sit down with my local printer uh, just to discuss my images and see how they would print and show. Um, he sat down with me, and he was like, "You know, why why are you?" doing this why are you why are you going for wppi like the biggest one um he was like why aren't why don't you just start small local um chapters and um local photography fairs that kind of thing and i was like you know i that sounds great and all but i think i'm a go big or go home kind of guy i want to see where my photography you know stands on this this national international level and um so I just did it. I just I just submitted it and um once once I got to uh Vegas, gosh, that was the longest flight ever. I was very, very nervous of because I, I have no idea what to expect. And once we got to Vegas and we went into the room where all the um winning prints were hanging, as soon as I entered the, the room, my wife was standing right next to me. I said, There's no way. I, I just looked at the first couple of images as soon as we entered the room and looked at the quality of them. I was like, There's absolutely no way that <laughs> My prints are gonna hang here. It's it yeah. was a, a whole different league. I was way out of my league, um, so we we kind of split ways. Uh, my wife went one way, I went the other, and she's like looking for my prints, and I'm just I'm just like there's no possibility. I'm just gonna enjoy each print as as I walk through this room, um, and then I, and what do I know? I I hear in in this it's kind of funny. You're in Vegas. You're in this loud environment, but there's this room where they hang all the prints, and it's very very quiet. It's it's like a museum gallery. And I just hear my name just being yelled out across the room. And she's like, Neil, one of your prints is hanging. <laughs> um, so I'm running over there. And as I'm running, I see another one of my prints hanging. And and I was like, oh, my gosh, okay, there's two. And then I, I'm, I'm, I'm running over, over towards my wife. And then I see a, another print of mine hanging. I'm like, oh, my God, this is absolutely incredible. It was just absolutely That's incredible awesome. experience. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and then ever since, I've, I've, been, I've been hooked on it and just – probably just from your scores alone you can probably learn of of what you did right and wrong and 
and you look at other people's prints of of that one that year and you just learn that way and um over the years they've uh wppi has been getting really better at um posting results of of why the print score what it what it did of judges feedback um now in online competitions they give audio feedback which is absolutely incredible it's only five dollar upcharge um and the judges actually give you an audio file of of their uh um their thoughts on the on the uh, image of and and how how it could be better, um, and it's it's just make it just makes you a better photographer, um, and that's that's one of the reasons why I do it. Uh, every, and every year I say, you know, this is going to be my last uh, competition, and um, I, I think this year is going to be my last uh, because I, I finally received my masters. Um, I'm going to be receiving it in Vegas this year. Uh, there's different tiers of as soon as you win every every print that scores you get a point every print that scores over a 90 you get a point and a half or and if it if you score like third place and above you get two and a half points and to receive your masters you uh you have to get 20 points and and i just got my 20 nice, points That's so excellent. Congratulations. thank you thank you um thank you, you know so. i'll tell you even you know from just picking out the images themselves you know we were talking about a couple episodes where i was like i hate my photography mm-hmm. you know um <laughs> it is so difficult you know, for me, you know, like looking through my images and saying like, well, wh- why would I choose this image? And because and, I can look at mm-hmm. every single one of my images and, and think that I feel like this is wrong with it. This is wrong with it. If I was scoring it, I would take off a point for this. If I was, you know, like the posing isn't quite where it should be or the, le- you know, there's all of these little elements that go into a photograph. And I could almost see what I would tell myself if I was scoring it you know, to myself. So it was really hard for me to even select three. And I originally, I I decided on submitting three for my first time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I ended up going through and, and I actually, there's only two that I even wanted to submit after when it came down to it. And I was looking through things. I was like, there's only two that I would even submit. And so I had an extra one there and I had to force myself to pick another photo, you know, for that, for that third photo. And I even changed the categories to like a family shoot on it just because, just because I felt like it was a stronger image or whatever. But like, I don't, it's just every little thing, but I'll tell you just even the experience of doing that. Um, right is is like make can make you a better photographer because you'll be thinking i think i'll be thinking a little bit more at this more about this competition this next season if i submit a few next year um i'll be thinking Mm -hmm. about you know each each of those little things and then um and the other thing just to speak to what you what you were mentioning about actually looking at other people's work at wppi um it really was, you know, amazing to me to to be looking at, you know, all this work that was up there, you know, and, and these competitions because the quality of work is just so high. It's so high when you yeah. when you go around and look at it, um, and 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 I ask myself, does this stand up, you know, to to this other work that's out there? And I'm and I'm not sure that it does, but I guess that's mm-hmm. good because what what's amazing, what I love about it is that you know the judges as they're looking at the work, they don't know who photographed each particular image, yeah, uh, and I think that's uh, that. Means means a lot to get actual feedback um you know back in terms of like where you're at because it's hard to gauge yourself like when you're looking at your own work it's very difficult to tell where you fall and um and i think it's it is important uh, to do so i'm finally making that step in there to to put some work out there and see what happens on the way back around so, yeah, and, and you know if, if you go to wpi i highly i strongly suggest uh going to the and actually watching the judging take place um it's usually ta- it, they usually take place, and I think on the third floor at the MGM Grand, um, very very dark 
quiet rooms and you can actually go in there and sit down behind the judges and uh, they, they bring up the images on, on a big projector where the, where the judges are actually studying the small print right in front of them. And uh, they give you they give you feedback right there on each image. It's such a great learning experience. I probably learn more from that than anything that's out there um, online. It's it's such a great learning experience. Um, so I, mm. I strongly, highly suggest of going. And they they do that a little bit before the weekend. Is that right? They Saturday that... and Sunday they they do it. Okay, they do it on mm-hmm. the weekend then. Yep. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um so that'll that'll be uh cool to you know see how that happens in the my first time submitting there and uh, it's a little bit too late for listeners if you're listening now because uh well actually we'll be getting this out tomorrow which is February 2nd. So if you're listening tomorrow, you have one day. It's because because <laughs> it's uh, the extended deadline is February 3rd. So if you're listening to this tomorrow on the the day that it's released, you can still do it. But you got to do it like today if you're listening to it uh, on the actual day mm-hmm. we released the episode. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Um, a lot of photographers actually ask me of um, what images that they should submit. Um, you know, what? one of the biggest couple a couple of different things that uh, the judges really really look for. One is is um, emotional impact. Um, does does the image tell a story? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all about storytelling. Um, a lot of the images, you know, a lot of the images that don't really score, probably around 75 to 79, um, are, you know, they, they give those images as to where it's, you know, it's professional, a client will love the image, um, but it's not really on a storytelling, you know, it's, it's not really raising the bar of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you score above 80, that means that, you know, you're, um, you're really telling a story with your images and also visual impact. Does the, does the judge really, really want to look at the image for longer than five seconds? They usually say, um, and then they look at the quality of print work and everything. And then everything kind of dwindles down from that, but you really got to submit images that really tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, I looked at, uh, you know, Jerry Cajonis has like a list of things that the judges are looking for. And I read that prior prior to yeah and and you know Um, they just did that last year where where was that stuff like five (laughs) years ago when i started i mean they did nothing they gave (laughs) you nothing back then. yeah well apparently this whole thing is getting a lot bigger now apparently last year they had the most people submit than ever and i I imagine that this Mm -hmm. year will probably be even more um so it it seems like with more people doing it they're they're really kind of getting on top of making sure that everybody knows you know how to do it the right way and try to try to raise the bar for everybody i guess so yeah and they they also changed up the the scoring system too the um they take the top 3 judge results they nix the bottom two and then they take the average score last year there was an in, insane amount of winners last year um so i don't know if that had the whole judge the, the whole new scoring processes has something to do with it but uh but yeah i couldn't believe of all the winners last year i mean years before that there were only probably like 100 or 200 winners last year i think there were like thousands uh, hmm. so it was kind of kind of different wondering if uh, they're going to change things up this year so who knows but we'll see always always fun to show up and see what's going on there and with that, listeners, uh, we do have uh, an assortment of hand-picked information that's relevant to you. But first, just in case you forgot, this is Wedding Photographers Unite, a bi-monthly wedding photography podcast for wedding photographers. By wedding photographers. <laughs> the show goes live every other Tuesday. And while we're at it, please do leave us a review in iTunes. 
subscribe in iTunes and help us help you by sending in questions to info at weddingphotographersunite.com or you can go to the the webpage which is weddingphotographersunite.com and check out the show notes for the particular uh, show and at the very bottom there there's comments that you can reach us that way as well however that said what we'd prefer you to do uh, rather than send in any, any emails or going to the website is to fill out our listener survey we um, I mentioned that for the first time last episode we'll be mentioning it again today and then again uh, for episode 30 um, but please do take a look at our listener survey, which you'll find in our show notes. You'll also find it on the web page um, if you go to listener survey up top um, of our homepage there. And uh, definitely uh, fill out that survey. We have um, here's what I want to here's what I want people to know. First of all, the people that did fill it out, thank you. Um, that actually mm-hmm. is like incredibly helpful. Uh, I feel for us to know where we're at and what we're doing and and get get feedback from people. Um, generally speaking, uh, you know, we had, you know, we have in the, I'll just say like in the hundreds, you know, in, in terms of the amount of people that are listening to our, each episode for unique downloads, each episode. Um, <laughs> but I will say that we did not have in the hundreds of people fill out the survey. We had a very, had a good handful of people. Um, but I, the reason that I mentioned that is because I mentioned this previous episode is that you know and it's not like anything crazy to write home about but i'm at least, i am at least giving something away to help encourage more of you guys to to actually fill out the form so we can find out more information from our listeners and what that means is i'm giving away yes that's right giving away ladies and gentlemen uh, my my old <laughs> canon 28 1.8 uh lens for canon shooters and for Nikon shooters, uh, I am giving away like a, it's not again nothing crazy to write home about, but a fifty millimeter one point eight. And I'll tell great you this, lens. yeah, great it's, lens. It, is, it is a great lens. And I'll tell you this, you, your odds of winning are way higher than like the Mega Millions or the the what was the big jackpot that just happened like last month. Um, <laughs> that that neither neither of us won. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But your odds of winning this are like really ridiculously good because even if we are in the hundreds, people, right, and we have hundreds of people to fill out the survey if we do that's i mean if everybody did still your chances are like really good so so don't be don't be foolish fill out the survey give us more information you'll get more you'll hear more back from us about topics that you'd like to hear etc and then also you have a chance at winning um either that canon 2818 or the nikon 5118 uh and if you shoot sony or pentax or something else i'll give you a bag of coal no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, it's surprising. One. Yeah. <laughs> what's surprising to me, I'm, I'm looking at the survey, the uh, the answers so far. Uh, the, the one thing that surprised me the most is the length of uh, episode that people want. People want 60 to 90 minutes. That that kind of surprised me. Yeah. Um, but one, one, one person did say, you know, get it down to 20 or 30 minutes but uh but majority is is wanting a lot lot longer episodes i thought we were pushing the envelope of getting you know 45 to 60 minute episodes out there but uh but yeah people want more that's awesome and you know what else i think is actually more amazing that all of this will probably change as soon as as soon as the next round of people fill out the survey but uh for for our hardcore listeners for everybody that has filled out the survey today never miss an episode 100 percent you guys are amazing. Yeah. We love you guys. That's that's incredible. That's awesome. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. You know, I did not expect that at all. Um, and so far, it's a hundred percent male um, at, listeners that filled right. out the survey. At Where, least on the survey, I know. And we know we know that we've got a few of you girls out there because you've written in before and, and everything mm-hmm. like that. They just don't take the time to fill out the survey. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
fill out the survey, people. We want we want to hear more about how we can make the show better for you as listeners. Okay, so um, that said, we're going to get on to topic number one was kind of the sixteen by twenty print competition. We're going to get on to topic number two, which actually comes from one of our people that filled out the listener survey uh, because in the survey is basically asking topics that they'd like us to get into. Um, and that actually helps us when we're thinking, sitting down you know, pr- prior to each show and it's saying, hey, what topics should we discuss today? So one of the topics uh, that was suggested is you know, when you start out with lighting, um, how do we start out with lighting? And um, what are some things that we can be doing as photographers? And I guess, um, Neil, I'm going to throw this to you first. And I guess um, as I do that, um, think about maybe like a natural light photographer that's an amateur that's just getting started because I think this is where they're coming from, right? And they're just only shooting natural light, but then they want to start adding flash um, yeah. into the mix. Um, or maybe 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 constant light too. But what, are you, what do you suggest uh, to people that are just getting started with flash? You just got to go with a speed flash, um, an off-camera speed flash. Um, and I wouldn't... I wouldn't get into the whole off-camera thing yet. I wouldn't get into the trans, the the receivers and and all that stuff. Um, get put put a flash on on top of your camera and get to get used to bouncing your flash um, left, right, above, off ceilings. Um, you you can you can make it look make an image look like it's like you're using um, natural light, but you're actually using flash. Um, don't go, don't go straight on, um, you know, bounce it off, bounce it off the ceiling or closest walls. Um, just that, that's how you really start doing it. Um, spend a little bit more money of a flash that they can use TTL, get you used to working TTL, um, and spend probably about a good year, you know, spend, spend a good year of just working with one flash. Then once you start getting used to bouncing flash and seeing how this flash works, then you can get into the fun stuff of of trans um, of receivers and uh, you know photics and all that stuff. So uh, that's that's why I highly recommend of just doing that with working with one flash. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna um, make a couple thoughts on this on myself here too, and. You know what's not a bad idea because I, th- I think people are very intimidated with flash at first. Um, it's very confusing, and what does manual settings mean? What does one to one mean? One over sixteen, one over thirty-two. What does it look like? How does the light get shaped, and and all this kind of thing? So, I'm actually going to suggest that when you're first getting started with lighting and flash and thinking about direction of light and all that, is literally just like take a light bulb or you know take a lamp and if you can if you have a a friend or a subject you know what i mean like even if you take um you know a partner significant other that kind of thing but just pet dogs yeah whatever (laughs) but but take take the light and just like move it around you know um from from the left to front to the side so that you have um and then look up things like short-sided lighting broad-sided lighting um, and under and start to understand like what where when you put that light, you know as far as portraiture goes, which is I think what we're talking about for a lot of you know weddings and portraits, is is really understanding what that light is going to look like. Um, Rembrandt lighting, all of these things that you know you can look up different lighting. Um, I guess what is the actual term? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, is it lighting? It's not techniques we're talking about, but lighting. Uh, come on. 
I'm drawing a blank on it here. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. I don't know. You you said Rembrandt and uh, Rembrandt lighting. I, I, love, yeah. I love Rembrandt lighting. Yeah. So, uh, you had me at Rembrandt. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what? I, here's what I'll do. And you know, if you ever heard of the Let Me Google That For You website, <laughs> I'll even put it as a Let Me Google That link. Okay. So let me Google that for you, listeners. And in the show notes, I'm gonna link to some different um, lighting patterns. Uh, there's a better yeah. there's a better term for that maybe it's patterns i don't know so yeah i'm what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna put a link in the show notes that just shows different lighting patterns or again i'm not saying that word right but uh and basically as you're as it'll take a light bulb that's yeah that's, that, i want to get back to that point take a light bulb and and move it around and, and see if you can match those different lighting patterns to start. And then once you kind of like understand what, what you want it to look like, then think of, the thing about Flash, to, so I can take some of the mystery out of it, hopefully, is that mm-hmm. with whatever Flash that you're using, um, if you start on manual, which is um, probably a good way to start, um, you can actually, if you're one, here's what one-to-one means. One-to-one means that it's as bright as you want it to go, and then if you go like 1 over 64 or 1 over 128, depending on the flash, how it's set up, that's as dim as that flash is capable of going, kind of. There's other ways to make it dimmer, but I'll just leave it at that for now. Um, so, But that's just basically as dim as it wants to go. So if you ask yourself the question, forget the confusing numbers and all that, how bright do you want it to be or how dim do you want it to be, That's you can just basically use manual off of that and then take a picture adjust up adjust down and practice that's the thing is practice see what you're going to get um when when things when things come back out the other end that's a beautiful thing about digital photography is we can actually see what we can get years ago people did not have that opportunity and you had to have spend a lot of money on film and, and um, blow a lot of images and money um, to figure things out but now we can do this all um right now and there's a, there's no excuse you know to not to not pick up pick up pick it up and just be able to do it so uh, yeah, and and you know what? If you're practicing, um, a great great thing to use is um, I know I know this might sound weird, uh, but I know we mentioned you know practice on dogs and you know uh, random people, but not a lot of people do that. And if it's late at night, you can't just randomly uh, ask your spouse to to get out there and and pose for you. Uh, one great thing to uh, practice with is go on Amazon and purchase a mannequin head. Um, they're only five ninety nine. Uh, okay, on on Amazon dot com. Um, it it sounds weird, but you actually get to see how light actually hits the hits people's faces, um, where the shadows hit when when you're working with light. So highly recommend. I know it sounds weird. Sorry about for the uh, for the strange tip, but um, go purchase a mannequin head and practice lighting that way. That's a that's a great great way to practice. Absolutely, totally. Beautiful tip. Absolutely beautiful tip. Um, so, you know, that's that's the basics of, you know, getting started with lighting. I would look at look at the different – your options first and know what you want to get before you shoot. And think about light like 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 bouncing. Like, like if you're going to – where is the direction of light going? And then if you aim your flash at a wall, how is that wall – that light going to bounce off of the wall and hit your subject or bounce off of the ceiling – and hit your subject think about it directionally because the flash the light literally goes somewhere it travels in a direction and is it just a bare flash are you going to um you know these are you're going to snoot that and you can make it more directional or are you going to put a big soft box in front of it and make that light a lot softer um that's why 
you know, but but like Neil said, you definitely want to get started with just one flash to start. And on camera is not a bad idea to start, but as soon as as soon as you're starting to feel comfortable about on camera, it's not a bad idea to try and get that off camera and then start really um, you know, experimenting with shooting, you know, like Neil said, like with a mannequin head off camera or your pet or whatever um, to start seeing what the what that light is going to do so that there's shape and dimension to it right because if you have your your flash on the camera um, you're going to have pretty flat images um, you know if you're bouncing off of a ceiling that light is going to bounce off of the ceiling and come back down on your subject and then and then sometimes um, you're going to have like raccoon eyes under the eyes and maybe yes, when you're definitely. when you're in a reception maybe if you're by a wall maybe you want to bounce off that wall instead so you can have more beautiful light coming and and coming back and hitting your you know even gas at a reception um so but but it's but there isn't like a one all solution to to any of this stuff and uh, but you the, but the more that you practice and the more you think about it and the more that you think about direction of light and you just start looking at photographs and dissecting, hey, where did the light come from in this shot? Um, and 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 then you can start thinking about if I was trying to recreate that shot, where would I put the light? Did they use a softbox? Did they did they just have it as a bare flash? Is it maybe directly behind the couple? You know, shooting a hundred percent where it you know you get all those crazy effects and everything like that. There's the more that you start looking at work and start practicing, then you can start piecing things together. But um, mm-hmm. but starting with one flash and then tr- and then trying to get that off of the camera, and then you like down the road you can start getting into two and three flashes and all that. But for weddings, it's we don't really get there very often because we don't always have the time to do that at a wedding. Um, yeah. But uh, that's I guess at least some starting point tips for lighting, uh, at least to, to mm-hmm. get started, and hopefully hopefully that helps you out. Um, so, topic Excellent. number three. Uh, <laughs> this is okay, and this kind of maybe goes hand in hand a little bit. Um, and that's just making beautiful photographs in less than ideal conditions is uh, what I have there. And and actually, the reason that I have that there as a topic is because one of the one of the local camera clubs is having me come stop by to. Uh, give you know give a little um, session uh, to them and I basically titled the session making beautiful photographs in less than ideal conditions and I think Neil especially because of our location um, I think we almost we almost have to get good at that like we we don't photograph very often in California where we always have the most beautiful light and you know the picturesque mountains in the back and and this kind of thing so I think mm-hmm. I feel like we have to work a little bit harder here on the East Coast. I think Neil Van Niekirk was talking about that when we when we had him on, and I think there's there's some truth to that, you know. So um, <laughs> so anyway, um, anyway, my session is going to be making beautiful photographs in less than ideal conditions, and um, before I um, I don't have too much to say on that other than I'll kind of talk through a little bit about what I'm thinking so far. But the reason that I'm, I'm bringing this up as a topic today is because I'm wondering, Neil, what you what you would suggest for this or if you have any thoughts for that, because then maybe that'll help me as I continue to plan for this thing <laughs> next mm-hmm. week. I got to plan for it. So uh, what do you think, Neil? How do we make how do we make beautiful photographs in less than ideal conditions? What do we do as photographers? Well, we're we're just talking about lighting, and you know it's all about lighting. Uh, when it, whenever I get to a location, I study the light first. I don't I don't look at the the bet my backgrounds. Um, if you have beautiful light, you're going to make a beautiful photograph. Um, 
then then I worry about the background after that, and then I worry about the posing um, and the connection between the couple and composition, and then taking the actual picture. Uh, so for me, it's all about lighting. Um, in as soon as I arrive on a wedding day, um, and it's funny that the first time you and I work together, we both kind of do the same thing, um, whether if it's at the bride's getting ready at the hotel or at her parents' house. Um, we turn off the lights and we, yes. we study of, of where the light is coming from um, through the windows and how that lighting is coming through the windows. And, um, and it, it's a great way to start, too. Um, usually when I arrive, I don't just start shooting. I kind of walk around. I study, I study the room. I, I, study, I study the house um, and where the light is coming in best from. I'm, I'm turning on lights, turning off lights. Um, I'm seeing what furniture I can move uh, so I can I can put the bread in the best spot. Um, and, th- and that's a great way to condition yourself of get- getting the day going. Um, I, I kind of refer this as to where it's almost like practi- warming up for sports. Um, if you're playing baseball or, or golf or anything or playing an instrument, you, you kind of want to warm up. Um, and that's a great way photographers can warm up is by looking at the light, studying the light, uh, and that conditions your eyes. Um, and once once you knock out some beautiful images in earlier in the day, that just sets the tone for us of the day. Mm. Um, if if you're getting just beautiful images at the beginning, you're it, it just, like like I said, it just sets the tone, um, builds confidence that you know, yeah, I'm, I'm rocking this wedding right now. Um, and uh, and that, and that's pretty much what I do. And even if I also play with shades in, in, in homes or I close the blinds and, or I, I crack them open just a little bit just to see how the light is falling into the room. Um, so that, that's kind of like how I start early in the day. And then later in the day, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the mode of studying light throughout the whole day. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of like how I do it. As soon as I get to a location, I study the light and then, and then, and then I go from there. What about you? Anything? No, absolutely. I just love that. And I think this is an important point, um, for newer, newer, newer wedding photographers in particular, what Neil said there, uh, just about what he mentioned about when you go into the room playing with shutting off the lights, especially like at the, at the house in the morning or a hotel in the morning, that kind of thing. Because uh, a lot of it took it even took me a, a good year and a half, two years to like really understand like you. Oh, and uh, and give the makeup artist a heads up that you're. Oh doing yeah, it. yeah. Always, always make <laughs> sure that you talk to. Always members. make sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, go ahead. But but yeah, no, absolutely, and in a very politically correct way, you know, like make sure everybody's cool with it. But you will get a, a better quality image almost nine times out of ten if you don't have contrasting tungsten light like fighting with the daylight, like the beautiful daylight that's coming through the window that sometimes you otherwise can't even see or don't even know that that that, that daylight can be so beautiful if you don't turn off those lights. Um, uh, so it, it's a hugely important uh, thing, I think, for, for beautiful light. Um, not that that's always the answer. Sometimes there might be beautiful tungsten light that's better to work with, you know, but it's, but like Neil said, you're going in and you're studying the situation and you're trying to say, Hey, what is the best, what, what can I do here that makes the most beautiful, um, background or not even background, but that has the best directional light or place that will that will flatter my you know the bride best whatever um but you're you're analyzing this and the more that you shoot the better you get at it but i would say that like i forget who mentioned it i don't know if it was um it might have been 
I don't remember who it was, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who it was and then be wrong about it. But I was some photographer recently had mentioned the idea that photographers are really illusionists, and in the sense that you know we can go into a room if we're if we're good and we know what we're doing, we can go into a room and it can be full of clutter and crap and just junk all over the place, right? At the bride's house in the morning, and if you and if you if you have experience, you can say, hey, all this junk doesn't matter if I can use this directional light and maybe shoot with a longer lens and 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 have this beautiful light directionally hit the bride and and then there's this little tink of this background here that's going to create this bokeh and be this beautiful image for example but really we're you know as a non-illusionist you would just walk in and just you know if you just put a gopro and take the room you're going to get a very different image than as a photographer that's that's making decisions about what is it that we want to show and what is it that we don't want to show and sometimes the second part what we don't want to show can be almost equally as more or less important than the first part right um so we're really kind of illusionists in the way that we and what we decide to shoot and and there have been a few articles that have come across uh, you know some photography um, blogs recently where they show you know ten photographers go into a room with the same subject and you get ten completely different looking images you know on the way back yeah. out so and that's our voice that's that's the voice that we choose to 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 show as artists or as you know, as photographers when we're in those situations but um it's always it always is possible you just ha- we just have to put ourselves in that frame of mind um in in terms of in terms of getting the best image and and not being discouraged by by the junk or the weirdness that might be in a room that maybe isn't like i like this perfect ideal beautiful location because there can be beauty to be found in it um just if we if we take the time to find it or show it in some kind of unique way you know uh yeah yeah, I guess I guess that's all I really really had to mention. You know, the one thing that I am going to be doing for this session when I do it is I'm going to be showing like an overall room shot and then showing the image that I actually produced and show the contrast between what the overall room looked like and then what I ended up shooting. Um and so throughout this past wedding season, I knew I was going to be doing this this for about a year. And each time I had a second shooter, um you know, I, my main second shooters knew they were like, I just told them like, Hey, just so you know, if you see me taking a shot when like a not ideal location, if you can get an overall cell phone image or wide angle shot, that would be great. So I can uh, kind of show what I actually ended up shooting. So I got to yeah. put, I got to put and, that uh, together next, next week. But. Yeah. And it's, it's great working with uh, things in the foreground, um, whether it's tall grass or leaves or anything, you know, if, if you're not really shooting um, in an ideal uh location like a mansion um and you're only and you only have maybe um just out in the middle of nowhere you can use uh sky as backdrops you can use um, brick walls textured walls as backdrops um and try and put things in in the foreground um just to give it that nice nice intimate feeling of that you're looking in on the couple um always makes for nice photographs too absolutely there's a lot a lot more tra- i mean there's this this we could go on and on about about stuff like this but uh but this that's a good a pretty good starting point okay so that will lead us into topic number 4 and this is just uh, an FYI just in case you didn't know that the Canon 1DX Mark II rumor mill is fired up and seems like this one is definitely coming out with uh they got some uh basically uh, leaked photos of the, the 1DX Mark II. I don't know. Neil, did you see this at all? 
Oh, I definitely did. Um, and it was late at night, and I saw the, all the Canon guys going going bonkers over this, which I'm very happy for them. Um, lately, it's it's been Nikon that's been in the news lately, um, but this is uh, this is big news for those Canon guys. Um, and this is a sexy looking camera too. It's <laughs> I mean, well, usually it, I mean usually when they le- leak leak out stuff, it doesn't look too believable. But I mean, all the information that's here um looks looks pretty believable it looks like this is a, a for sure yeah. thing well it looks believable um, because it looks almost exactly identical to the mark two to the mark one with just slight slight changes um but you know uh, the, the the they do have specs on it as well and there is a link in the show notes if you haven't seen this uh but just in terms of the specs that the the one bullet point that interests me is it does say better dynamic range or something along those lines <laughs> and that's like the one thing that's like the one thing No Canon... no it says improvement <laughs> Yeah I know I well I I should hope so and and that's basically the one thing that that I really hope that they actually do because I want Canon to 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 come back there but come on man Canon get your get your get competitive with Nikon as far as the dynamic range thing goes which is, you know, what we've been talking about for the past year and a half on the show. Um, yeah, and um, the other bullet point is the ISO. It's um, extended with four hundred nine thousand. Okay, it's it's getting there. It's not three million, um, but it's 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 getting up there. Uh, but the the thing that I'm really uh, I, I'm interested in seeing is the noise. How 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 yes. is this noise? Yeah, that's working? that's what I'm curious um, about more than anything too. And you know, because the numbers one thing, but it's the the actual look of it is is something else. Yeah. And and this will be like the direct com- um competitor essentially to the D5 that Nikon recently announced. So um mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting to see like a D5 versus 1DX Mark II comparison. Um, when it's all said and done, because the, the, the D5 is the one that has the millions of ISO, right? Millions yeah, of like ISO. Three, so. <laughs> 3.2 or something. So I, I really feel like these cameras are going to be coming out at the same time or already. Well, actually, the 1DX will be coming. Mark II will be coming out after the, the, the uh, D5. So uh, it's really going to be like if Canon doesn't put up on this, it's not. Like it's gonna start looking bad for Canon, in my opinion. Like they've they've really gotta you know, this one's coming out after and it's their flagship and if mm-hmm. if it doesn't compete, I don't know. I don't know, Canon people. I'm worried for you guys. I'm worried for whoever I give this twenty eight one eight lens to. <laughs> I'm just I'm no listen, it's not about the gear. I'm sorry I'm going down that path again, but I'm just I'm just playing, okay? Um All right, so that said, we just wanna make you aware that that body was at least announced, uh if you weren't already. And listeners, I think that's good. Well, yeah. I, oh, go ahead, Neil. And, and I, I, no, I really hope that they uh, they officially release this soon so that we can actually see it in person um, at WPPI this year which at the big Canon booth so you and I can actually go to both booths and play with the camera and uh, post some pictures uh, for for our listeners. So hopefully that'll be officially released soon. So Absolutely. And uh, with that said, I think that's going to wrap up episode number 29 of wedding photographers unite uh listeners please don't forget about that survey fill out that survey let us know how we're doing and how we could uh better mold the show for you uh mm-hmm. neil because be- our two-year anniversary is coming up i or, know or has it has it even passed has it been two or in one year i'm sorry yeah, one year. It'll, it'll be our one year uh, anniversary and actually <laughs> uh, as soon as we get off the air here i've got to ask you a couple things about next episode because maybe we'll have something planned okay. for for you guys listeners but uh that said uh neil where can people find you 
Uh, Neil Urban, N-E-A-L-U-R-B-A-N. Just uh, put that in the Google search, and a lot of different things will come up. You can, uh, my books will come up, my Facebook will come up, my website, all that good stuff. So follow me anywhere. And I'm Andy Buscemi. Last name is B-U-S-C-E-M-I. And I think that's going to do it. Listeners, thanks for listening in to episode number 29, and we will see you for episode 30 next time. Yes. Have a good one. Bye. 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 B